You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show, lucky enough to have John Kegley on the show, one of the original founding members of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to stop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season, and now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we get the rare game day on a Monday. The Chargers are going up against the New Orleans Saints tonight, prime time on Monday Night Football. They do not have to share the game anymore with the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots because that game has been postponed. But the ripple effects have been felt by many teams, including the Chargers, who because of this postponement are now going to have a bunch of their games changed, including getting their bye week now in week six. So that is a huge change. We're going to start with that on today's show and just talk about the benefits of having a bye week now and the cons of having it now as well. But then we're in the second segment. We're going to be getting into some fan voicemails. We have a lot of fan voicemails to get into today. We're going to be talking about maybe the coaches not being fired. We're going to talk about the offensive line and Jalen Guyton's production so far as well. And then to wrap the show up today, since we already got into our keys for success, we're going to get into the injury report because it's a pretty long list for both sides and there's some very big names on it. And we're also going to be getting into our bold and game predictions as always. But let's go ahead and get into it. With the postponement of the Denver Broncos-New England Patriots game this week, the Los Angeles Chargers schedule was changed dramatically. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Patriots had more COVID-19 cases this week, and it led the NFL to postponing their game against the Denver Broncos, which had already gotten pushed to Monday night, competing with the Chargers on Monday night football. Now they are moving it to next week. Then that has changed the Chargers' schedule dramatically. So first, the Week 6 matchup against the Jets now moves to Week 11. The Jaguars game now goes from Week 8 to Week 7. The Broncos game goes from 11 to week 8, and the Dolphins game moves from week 7 to week 10, and now the bye week is now in week 6 for the Chargers instead. So this has changed the Chargers' schedule dramatically. You have to wonder how much more they can change the schedule because now they've already used the Chargers' bye week. So if any of their opponents have something near when they're supposed to play, you wonder where they're going to go from here, David. But I think this just shows you the ripple effect of one team having something like this happen and then it really changing it for a lot of other teams as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure for the Chargers, this has to almost seem like it's a punishment. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. They've abided by the protocols. They haven't had any positive tests at any point during this pandemic. So they've been doing everything right. 
and they get penalized because other teams have popped up with positive tests. The Chargers are now forced to have their bye week early because the Broncos and Patriots game had to be moved, and the NFL has done a lot of schedule shuffling lately, and it seems like this is definitely not going to be the last time. It's not a very good look on the league either, but teams are going to have to be flexible, Daniel. There's going to be a lot of changes. I doubt that this is the last time that the schedule is going to change. It would seem hard to think that it will be just because we have already seen this happen to many other teams. It's not just the Chargers who are being affected by it. You would think at some point they might have to add on additional weeks to the season. And it is unfair for teams like the Chargers who have done everything the right way. They've only had one false positive test basically since they arrived at training camp and even before that when they started testing. So you're right. They have done everything right. But now for them, they have to look forward and the most immediate thing is now instead of having the short week this next week going up against the New York Jets because you played on Monday night football against the Saints, now you have a bye week the next week after that and they are fortunate in the sense that there are other teams that had to practice all week like the Denver Broncos that just now got this made their bye week without being able to actually take any time off. So now the Chargers will at least know when their bye week is. They'll have some time to give these players a rest. And there's a lot of consequences, David, for this, both short-term and long-term. But I definitely think for right now, for a pretty banged-up team, this could come at a good time. Absolutely, Daniel. I mean, there's a lot of Charger starters that are currently on IR right now. And remember, IR is not the kiss of death. This year with the pandemic, you can be on IR for three weeks and you can be eligible to return after that time. The Chargers have guys like Austin Eckler, Melvin Ingram, key members of their offense and defense on IR, Chris Harris Jr. as well, guys that that were brought in or already established to make a big impact on this team. And, and now they might be able to get them back with this new bye week. Uh, and also it would allow guys like maybe Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Trey Turner, Brian Bulaga to heal up from their nagging injuries and you know be able to give it a go for the rest of the season. But on the flip side, Daniel, it is going to be a very long 11 weeks because they're not going to have another break after that. And so they're going to have to try to use this bye week to get as healthy as possible because they're going to have to run the gauntlet 11 straight weeks to finish out the season. And that's going to be the problem because obviously in the short term, you can get healthier, but to try to play 11 weeks straight is definitely going to be tough. And obviously many teams had their bye week this week in week four, so it's not as if that's super abnormal, but the Chargers usually have their bye week in week 10, which is what it was this year. You have a nice chance in the middle of the season to really rest some guys up and get ready for the back stretch. Now in the short term, hopefully you can get guys like Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga back who can now be out this week as they've already been officially ruled and get an additional week off and hopefully get more of a semblance of the offensive line that Tom Telesco put together and definitely with nagging injuries to a guy like Joey Bosa. But I also think another thing that this done is now that you've had to make the move to rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, I also think this gives you another week to get him more reps with the first team offense because even though he's been the starter now for a couple weeks and he knows a lot of things there's still parts of that playbook they've not been able to tap into he's still getting chemistry with some of these receivers even though it doesn't seem like it with how good it's already been so I think for the young quarterback to now get an extra week have a period where he gets to go two weeks of watching film on a team and come in after the bye and try to have a strong performance I do think that benefits the Chargers in the short term. 
But we do have two more segments to get into because we had to get into some fan voicemails before wrapping up the show with some injury report news and also getting into our bold and game predictions. But this episode is brought to you by Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us in our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys. Well, since we had an extra day this week before the game, we wanted to get into more of your guys' fan voicemails because you guys have brought it so strong with those voicemails. So if you haven't heard the show before and you want to be on the show or you just haven't called in, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail on the show. But this week, we are going to start with a call from a couple of days ago. This is Tyler from Northwestern PA. Let's see what he has for us this week. What's going on, guys? Tyler from Northwestern PA here, just driving to work this morning. After watching that game Sunday and just been thinking all week, my question for you guys is, what do we expect from the rest of the season? Because, I mean, I'm I'm pretty disappointed. I'm pretty down. I mean, we are just guys are getting hurt left and right. And I mean, do I, do we call the, do we chalk this season up as an L already? Just get everyone back to healthy, get some experience with these younger guys. I mean, I truly feel like this team could have been, I mean, I just feel like with a preseason, we would have benefited way more. We were definitely like top three team, if not like the number one team most affected by not having a preseason with our extremely young roster. And it just feels like another Chargers year, man, where we're getting hurt, we're losing close games, and starting to lose faith. You know, I need some help, guys. Please restore my faith. (laughs) All right, John. Well, he's looking to find some faith in this season. And I'll start by saying that at this point, I don't know if it's a lost season. Like, I think you have to manage your expectations. Sitting at one and three isn't very good. And obviously, if you get a win tomorrow, that definitely puts you in the right direction of being able to compete for an extra playoff spot and a wild card for this year. But I do think there's a lot to look forward to. So for someone like Tyler, who's trying to find something to root for this season or even things to look forward to next year when the Chargers get healthier, what do you have for him? I have nothing this this team's just full of injuries, man. This was my prediction before the season started. When I said we'd go six and ten, I said the injuries were going to be the issue, and here we are, full of injuries. There's past Charger teams that have started, you know, one and three or two and three, and they end up being like thirteen and three, eleven and five, winning the AFC West. But those teams weren't full of injuries. They maybe had like one or two guys hurt, dinged up, but they were still playing. This Charger team, you see the injury report. It's just full of guys because of all the this training camp and preseason games. So I pretty much think this is a lost season as well. But if you're the players, you can't think that way. But as a fan, I'm sorry, but I don't have any faith in this season unless somehow everybody comes back healthy and stays healthy. Well, and there's certain guys that you don't expect to see back this season. I think Drew Tranquil will be a long shot. Derwin James is definitely done for the year. But at the same time, I do think there's some silver linings in this season. I might start sounding like David with this optimism, but I do think that this team, with this quarterback who's been able to elevate some guys that really came from nothing to be able to be productive at the NFL level, I do think this team's in pretty good hands. I do think they have a pretty favorable schedule coming up, and they have a few 
more games in the division, five to be exact, where they can really start to make some moves and put themselves in contention for an AFC playoff spot. But I don't even really think it's about that because I think this team is obviously a year ahead of schedule. You hate to waste a year of Joey Bosa, of Derwin James, even though now he's injured, of Keenan Allen, of Austin Eckler. Like you have a really good core with this team, and this season is going to go down as one that you really didn't have the whole team together and it really hurt your chances. But I do think you're right about the preseason with such a young roster. I do think that could have helped a lot of these younger guys. I think especially those young wide receivers who we haven't seen much of an impact on from then we'll get into those guys more later. But I do think there's a lot of positives. And I do think that the future for this team is very bright right now. If they're able to keep building and stocking talent on this team. But let's get into the next caller. This one is either Noah or Joe from Pennsylvania. Two back-to-back Pennsylvania cars. I couldn't make it out, but let's see what they have for us this week. Hey, it's Noah. I'm from Pennsylvania. I've been watching the show probably for the past year. Love the show. Keep it up, guys. Uh, my question is uh, how – I have two, actually. First, how well do you think Justin Herbert performs if he has a normal – to average offensive line. And also, there was a lot of talk in the last show about coaching and you should fire people. I think that Shane Steichen and our offensive defense, all of our coaches are doing fine, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. If you just have Derwin James, he's the solution. Because then Kenneth Murray doesn't have to go in coverage, and Derwin James can stay in coverage. I feel like then we get more blitzes with Kenneth Murray, and it's just a better overall defense because you can really utilize players to their best position. Um, that's about it. As I said, love the show. Keep up, guys. So there's two questions here, and I think first he's going out on a limb a little bit and, you know, kind of sticking up for Gus Bradley and saying that, you know, he doesn't think it's his fault because obviously if you have Derwin James, you're not having a lot of the issues that this current defense is having. But I know a lot of people don't want to hear that right now, and I think – with Justin Herbert in the offensive line, it's kind of hard to say because usually the mistakes that he's made so far haven't come because of pressure. I mean, the fumble was because of pressure, but even that was supposed to be a shorter drop. A lot of the throws that he's had that have been bad throws have actually come with him in a relatively clean pocket while a lot of his toughest throws have come under a lot of pressure. But obviously your offensive line is going to have a lot to do with your success as a quarterback but looking at Gus Bradley David he says that we should kind of take it easy on Gus Bradley because of all of the injuries the Chargers have sustained defensively so far like Melvin Ingram Drew Tranquil Justin Jones Derwin James Chris Harris Jr. I mean what do you think about that? I don't agree with it at all I'm sorry I mean there's still a lot of talent on on this defense and and it's not the players. It's the coaches not putting these players in the right positions to succeed, not finding that right mix, not uh, tra- changing the, the the style that you call. You have to make adjustments in game, and it seems like Gus Bradley doesn't do that very well. So that's one thing that I can't agree with, and that's a big, big thing in games. This is the reason why the Chargers have lost games. Also, the defensive performance in the second half, almost every game this season has been terrible. So – I can't agree with, you know, giving, you know, giving some slack to Gus Bradley because I have seen some bad coaching and it needs to be improved. Yeah, I mean, I think the only game we saw a really good defensive performance was the Carolina Panthers game in the second half when the Chargers were trying to come back. I think they only gave up three points in the second half of that one, but they also gave up some key plays when the Chargers needed to get it back too, obviously. But I think with Gus Bradley, obviously – 
it's impossible to judge what he would have been able to do with Derwin James. And I agree with what you're saying, you know, with Kenneth Murray is, hey, you can let that guy go now because you have a guy on the back end that can clean up mistakes in Derwin James and you're kind of limited in that sense. But I think with Gus Bradley, even the game against like the Patriots in the playoffs, when the defense was mostly healthy, their linebacking core was definitely beat up. But Tom Brady has put on a clinic against these guys before. And I think it's teams like that that you're going to have to go through. The one thing he has in his cap very good performances against the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's just no consistency week to week. And I think really what it comes down to is just the frustration of the predictability of this defense at time at times and the willingness to just give up, you know, a soft seven yards on any given down. So I do think there is some blame for Gus Bradley. But let's get into the next car. This one is going to be Ryan from Oregon. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey guys, it's uh, Ryan from Oregon again. Um I got a couple things on to talk about. Um, so calling right after Anthony Lynn said Herbert's a starter going forward, and I I can't agree more with him. Um, I've kind of been going off the Anthony Lynn wagon for a while. Um, I like this move going forward. Um, so we brought in Kalen Belage for a tryout or looking at him. What, what happened to Bradwell? Um, the the F two fifty. Not sure where we're gonna go with Eckler being out and Jackson just always being out, and then with Kelly's fumbling recently. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, and I want to get into the O-line. But for the most part, they've been exceeding expectations, especially Lamp, um, Feeney, even Kevy. For the most part, without Turner or Balaka, which I, I know I thought were going to be the – the, the top two linemen, but for the most part, they've been out and not even performing that great. Um, just what do you guys think? I look forward to hearing your answer. Go Bolts. All right. Well, I do think it's a legitimate question on what happened with Darius Bradwell, at least as far as what kind of hope does this coaching staff have for Darius Bradwell and what kind of faith do they have in him to bring him up on the active roster? Because right now the Chargers only have two running backs on the roster, John. So I think this week we'll find out if they really think of Joe Reed as a capable running back on a more full-time basis if they're willing to go into this game with Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, and Joe Reed because I get what you're saying about the injuries and the fumbles. But I do want to talk about the offensive line because I do think it is a really good point here just because going into the season, there was two guys we were very excited about, Brian Bulaga and Trey Turner. They were supposed to be the anchor on the right side of this offensive line. But with them being absent and in some cases not performing when they're on the field, Really, the story so far has been the left side of the offensive line with Sam Tebby and with Forrest Lamp. And John, it's so funny just because we wanted to see Forrest Lamp for so long. But I do think when you look at this offensive line, there is some hope if you can get those other two guys back, especially with an extended break, that this could be a decent offensive line. But it doesn't happen unless you're getting the play you're getting right now from Sam Tebby and Forrest Lamp. Without a doubt. And with Forrest Lamp, he's not performing to what we wanted him to perform when we drafted him, but after all the injuries and the downslope of not playing at all, we started turning into, okay, now maybe he might play bad. Maybe we might have to move on from this was probably his last year. And now we're back to, okay, he's playing pretty good. Right. And then with Sam Tevy, it was, this guy's going to get absolutely destroyed. Why is he still on the team? He should get cut with Trent Scott. And now he's sit- we're sitting here going, okay, he's holding his own now. I don't know what happened to him. but He's uh, either their first or second best offensive lineman this year. Let that sink in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's, like, really hard to say, too. And if you bring back the other side of the offensive line, and Dan Feeney has not been that bad at center 
when no, and he played, mentioned him too. He has been good. He's better there. Yeah, this offensive line would make a big difference because right now we're already starting to struggle with running the ball a little bit. With Austin Eckler being out, it's going to struggle even more. And I think Bradwell would, would have been brought up to the active roster if Kelly was the one that got hurt. I feel like Bradwell's the replacement for Kelly. I feel like uh, Belage was more of the replacement for Eckler if we need it. It's the type of running back that you're signing. It'd be like trying to replace a Ryan Matthews type with Brandon Jacobs. You know, like it, right. it, not, it just doesn't work like that. Now you become a whole different team if you do that. Whereas Belage is the type of running back that can run the ball and receive the ball, which is Austin Eckler. Bradwell's more of a guy that can hammer it between the guards and the tackles. That's Josh Kelly. So I think that's why Bradwell's not being used in this situation yet. But I mean, who knows? They could bring him up tomorrow. You don't know yet. But yeah, I think that'd be very interesting to see what they do tomorrow. Yeah, but with the offensive line, and they have been basically the unsung hero. They're not getting the credit they deserve. And you're, sure. you're right earlier. Herbert's mistakes have not been offensive line related. The running game has been offensive line related, but Herbert's throws have not been. And that's a big statement then just right there alone. Oh, 100%. I mean, to think that you weren't going to be blaming them on a game-to-day basis, and we haven't, right? I mean, they had one pretty bad game against the Carolina Panthers, did pretty good against the defensive fronts of Tampa Bay and of Carolina, or, and of the Kansas City Chiefs, with both have, which both have pretty good defensive lines. So I think that has been a bright spot for them this season. Now they just got to get some guys back because that chemistry that you get is so important in the running game. Obviously, keeping your quarterback upright is super important, but you need that chemistry as well. But we do have one more voicemail to get into. So this time, let's get into Superfan Zach, who has a good question for us this week about a one certain wide receiver's production. Hey, guys, Zach from Florida here. So was just wondering something. Are you guys surprised that the undrafted wide receiver Jalen Guyton is having a more productive season so far than both of our draft picks this year with Joe Reed and KJ Hill. Just wanted to get your thoughts and bolt up. So I think I would answer this, David, by just saying that I'm not surprised necessarily that Jalen Guyton is outproducing both of the rookies, Joe Reed and KJ Hill. I would say I'm surprised that he's the leading receiver in touchdowns so far this season. You know, maybe Mike Williams has something to say about that if he hadn't gotten injured. But I do think that it is not that surprising just because he was the wide receiver three coming out of training camp. You can talk about whether that was a surprise or not, but they've been pretty high on Jalen Guyton so far. At the same time, if you're talking about wide receiver two production, I mean, I still think there's more space to improve there, obviously, because he still has only five catches for 125 yards so far this season. He does have the two touchdowns, but the rookies, KJ Hill, just one catch. Joe Reed, zero catches, one carry for eight yards. I mean, I think that is part of the story, but at the same time, I don't know how much we expected out of these guys, but probably a little bit more than that. And I think that has a lot to do with our low expectations of Jalen Guyton. Yeah, but I think with Jalen Guyton, he's been in the system already for a year as well. So I mean, he knows mm-hmm. the offense a little bit more. He's The coaches know him. They know what what he's all about. And also, he's got the speed that is very different with, between those other two guys. Even with Joe Reed, Jalen Guyton r- runs in the four threes. So that that's why he's on the field. I mean, Anthony Lynn and the coaching staff specifically said they want a burner as their wide receiver three. And... Jalen Guyton fits that bill. I mean, and also he's performing. And, and also these rookies are just getting their feet wet. They're still learning, still trying to pick up the playbook. I mean, you got to remember how much time these guys missed. You can't just expect them to come in and perform right away. I mean, there's only a very select few amount of players that are capable of doing that. But I would like to see them 
utilize them a little bit more and get them more comfortable because you know they are part of the future of the team you got to give them some reps and and get them uh, comfortable in the offense and get that connection going with Justin Herbert and you wonder if maybe you'll see more of those guys after this upcoming bye week because I think that's another two guys that this bye week could be really big for but I'm excited to see the production from Tyron Johnson now right because you got a little glimpse of it last week he seems like a hard worker a lot of his teammates have very good things to say I think we could see some more production of him on the field because he is another guy that can absolutely burn, and they both showed that last week with those two big touchdowns. But we do have one more segment to get into because, of course, we have to get into the latest injury report of the week before getting into our bold and game predictions, which we're going to do coming up right after this. But first, I know it can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. How often do you use excuses like I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about it, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with ED, you may not feel like your best self. If you want to help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe you the medicine you need. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Getting started is simple. All you have to do is go to roman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. That's roman.com slash locked on, all caps, one word, and you will get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com slash locked on. And also, this episode is brought to you by the great people at Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market right now. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, and they are all delicious. They have a caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake right now are some of the new ones. They all taste great, and they're 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for the keto diet, and most importantly, they taste great. You do not have to make the trade-off for something that tastes super chalky and bad and dry for something that's good and good for you. You can just get Built Bar, and right now you can even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order if you use the promo code Locked On. That's all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, we have an extra day this week, which means an extra day of injury reports and the latest coming out of not only the Chargers, but the Saints camps as well. And for the Chargers, we already know a few things. Earlier in the weekend, we found out that Brian Bulaga, Tyrod Taylor, and Trey Turner were all going to be out for this game, while Joey Bosa and Mike Williams were both going to be questionable. Everybody besides that that's now on injured reserve will be ready to play for this game, but John, I think that obviously there's a lot of big names on here and the Chargers are still not getting the right side of that offensive line back in play. But now you have to wonder if the Chargers would consider benching Bosa this week, who's now dealing with an ankle as well as triceps and a knee injury to try to get him a couple weeks off because we know he's been fighting through something all year long, right? So, I mean... It's not totally inconceivable. It doesn't seem like the Chargers are just going to do that to do it at this point, but it would make some sense. I mean, maybe, but I mean, that depends on what you're trying to do. If you're willing to blow another game by making him sit this game, then sure. But you're gonna well, I be think it depends what percentage you're, he's going out. At. I mean, I think it also has to do with, you know, if you're it is 70 or 60% of Joey Bosa 
better than what you're going to get from somebody else. Oh, I mean, would you rather have Isaac Rochelle or 70% Joey Bosa? I mean, that's basically what it's going to come down to unless they move someone else around. But Joey Bosa is going to be what you need after Drew Brees. This isn't a high-powered running team. This is a high-powered passing team that uses the run to keep, the, to keep you at bay. It's not the other way around. You're going to need Joey Bosa against the Saints. And if you don't win against the Saints, you're now in a one and four hole, and that's going to be extremely hard to get out of. So I don't think it's a choice to sit Bosa. Now, can you limit some of his snaps maybe? Sure. Like if it's a obvious like third and one that they're probably going to run the ball here, give him a rest on that snap or something. Like they probably limit his snaps that way. But I think you have to play Joey Bosa this week. Yeah, I mean, I think he is so important to that defense. Last week, he didn't look right, and Tristan Wirfs did a really good job with him. But Tristan Wirfs also got worked the next week by Chicago. So that makes me continue to believe that Joey Bosa is not just on his snap count, but he's also just not at 100%. He's just not as explosive as he normally is, David. And the, the pass rush is going to be as important this week as then, you know, just as important as it's ever been for the Chargers against a pretty good New Orleans Saints offense. So some other guys are going to have to step up, even if Joey Bosa is out there on a limited basis. They're going to need more than just that. Well, yeah, and you already have Melvin Ingram out, too. I mean, he's on right. IR, so you only, you have Uchen and Nuoso, and, you know, you could see some flashes from Jerry Tillery as well, but Bosa's the main guy. I mean, that's why you paid him. That's why you made him the highest-paid defender in the NFL because he goes over, goes and affects the ball game by getting after the quarterback and also being equally stout in the run game as well. That's why you paid him. That's what you brought him. That's what you kept him for. I think you have to have him go out there and play because I just don't believe that anybody else is going to be able to get consistent pressure against this New Orleans Saints offensive line. Yeah, and that's probably true, and we don't even know what it would look like if they are all at 100%. It would still be a good matchup, but you'd hope the Chargers could get a little bit more pressure. But I have seen some things floating around on Twitter, something I've thought about as well. I saw Guilty as Charged and a couple other people talked about, and that's potentially having Jerry Tillery fill in for Joey Bosa. I think if you're talking physically, there's no one on the team that fits that role better as Gus Bradley's big defensive end. And a guy that you wouldn't be able to attack him as much in the running game. He wouldn't be able to be double teamed as much and probably wouldn't have to get driven off the line of scrimmage. I think as a defensive end, he could be an average to above average run defender on the outside right now. And then you'd still have to wait and see what you got as a pass rush. But they've been working with him there during training camp. They like him there eventually. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if he gets outside a little bit this weekend. But let's look at the other side of the ball, John. And there's some big names on the Saints side of it as well. But first, you have to start with Michael Thomas, who was questionable for this game with an ankle sprain. And now it looks like he's going to be out for sure. The team has now ruled him out. But it's not just because of the ankle. He actually got into an altercation at practice. And now one of the biggest weapons for the Saints who look to be on track to return for this game is out for Monday night's game. Which is pretty big. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the whole entire game for the Saints because there's still Alvin Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders and even Traquan Smith. There's still weapons on this team, and Jared Cook sure. is still questionable as well. So I wouldn't call it the game. But this, is, this does take a weapon off of the Saints' offense. This is a guy who catches a lot of balls in a season – and this means he's usually the guy who keeps the Saints drive alive or helps it start off good. So if it's first down, he'll make it second and eight almost every single time. He's that kind of wide receiver. And him getting into a fight just hurts his own team. I mean, we're going to sit here and laugh at it, but I know the Saints ain't laughing at it right now. No, <laughs> definitely not. They've been missing him since week one, and now he's 
come they need him for Monday night football and bam, he gets into a fight with his own teammate. Gotta laugh at that in fear, in my opinion. But I don't think this makes too much of a difference, but it's definitely a difference for this team. But he wasn't that big playmaker guy that's gonna score like a bunch of sixty yard touchdowns, like a Tyree kill type of thing, but it does help the Chargers start off drives a little bit easier, maybe getting them into second and 10, second and 14s, which is what we were talking about for keys to the game was not letting the Saints get into easy third downs. Michael Thomas did catch 150-plus balls last year, so, I mean, the guy is a, a big figure of that offense. But just to let I'll let you guys know what actually happened, per Tom Pelissero, he got in a fight with the safety Cha- uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson mm-hmm. and punched him in the face, and that's why mm-hmm. he got suspended that's for so this much. game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw that out there as well. I mean, definitely not what you want to see. You have to wonder, though, if this is the Saints also just getting him an extra week off and kind of just saying it's actually disciplinary, even though it might be better off for him to not play anyways. But I think for a Gus Bradley defense who loves to give up seven-yard passes, I think Michael Thomas could have had a field day with this defense, especially with the soft coverage that they play at times. So I definitely think it's big, but... They still have Alvin Kamara. They still have all the guys you talked about, John. And I think some bigger issues for them could be defensively, potentially with Janoris Jenkins already out for this game. That's one starting corner out. And then Marshawn Lattimore, who's questionable for this game. And I think, you know, at this point, it's hard to say if he's going to play. But if they're down two starting corners, that's a huge boost for the Chargers. They also have defensive line contributors like Sheldon Rankins and Marcus Davenport, both guys that are part of the pass rush on here, as well as a couple more offensive guys. Andres Pete, a starting offensive lineman, and their starting tight end, Jared Cook. So as much as the Chargers have had some injury issues, they're both both sides are definitely getting hit pretty hard this weekend. I think a lot of those could play a factor in how this game plays out tonight on Monday Night Football. But it's time to get into our predictions for the week. So let's start with our bold predictions. David, I'll start with you. Where are you going for your bold prediction this week? My bold prediction is going to be on the offensive side this week, and it's going to be with Hunter Henry. We talked with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, and he told us that this defense and the tape backs it up is very vulnerable to the tight end. So I think Hunter Henry is going to have a big game. I'm going 120 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, we talked about that in our keys for success. Malcolm Jenkins got burnt a ton by Darren Waller and some of those other guys, the Green Bay Packers tight ends, like you talked about. I like that one a lot. John, where are you going with your bowl prediction? Well, as I mentioned in the keys, I wanted Justin Herbert to actually take some runs down the field if he has the opportunity. So I'm going to say he goes for 300 passing yards and 80 rushing yards in this game. Woof! Woof! I think the most he has so far is, I think, 22 or 24. So I think that would be a big leap. And I think with his athleticism, if you get stuck in man-to-man coverage and you're the Saints defense, everybody's turned around. I mean, we've seen Mahomes carve the charges up with it before. There's no reason, even as maybe a little bit of a lesser athlete as far as you know being a 6'6 guy, but I think he could definitely do it. I'm going to change my bold prediction than the one I did on Chargers domination on Thursday night because it ended up being not that bold com- compared to what the predictions ended up being for the game. So I'm going to make mine about Kenneth Murray. We heard that Gus Bradley said that he hasn't really, I mean, I take it as he hasn't done a good job of using Kenneth Murray so far and really unleashing all of his gifts. I think we see Kenneth Murray in prime time really light the Saints up this week. I'm going to say that he has 10 tackles, his first two sacks of the season. He is a great blitzer, a great linebacking blitzer, and I'm also going to say that he gets four tackles for loss in this game as well and really makes his impact felt in this one. 
But let's go ahead and get into the game predictions, which I think might surprise you guys this week. Let's start with the optimist, David Drogmeyer. If there's anyone who's going to pick the New Orleans Saints to lose this week against the Chargers, it would be you. So who are you going with, even though the Chargers are at some places as much as nine-point underdogs? Well, I am the optimist, and I'm about to bring some optimism your way, and it's because I believe the Chargers are going to snap their losing streak, and they are going to go into New Orleans, and they are going to beat the Saints on Monday Night Football in front of the entire United States, and they're going to do that by a score of 34-31. to Damn, I mean, that'd be a big statement by a young team with a young quarterback for Herbert's first W. John, I know you always have a history lesson for us. How has this all-time series looked, and who do you think wins tonight on Monday Night Football? Well, all-time, the Chargers lead the Saints 7-5, to believe it or oh. not. But the Chargers at one point had a 6-1 to lead in that series. The Saints, <laughs> since then, have won four of the last five. Chargers last giving time, up big leads. Yep, the, Chargers, the last time the Chargers beat the Saints was 2004, 43-17, when they had... Drew Brees. Drew mm. Brees is 4-0 all-time in the Chargers versus Saints matchup. 3-0 on the Saints, 1-0 with the Chargers. And the Chargers, believe it or not, believe it or not, at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, that loud place, all-time, actually have a winning record at 4-2. and two. That's so, surprising. I'm actually going to say Drew Brees gets his first ever loss in this matchup, and Chargers win this week, 27-21. And the future beats the past. So my bold prediction before was that the Chargers were going to win this game. And Justin Herbert was going to have his first game without a turnover. But as you can see, that's not very bold. All of us have a good feeling about this game this week. And I think it is going to be close. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle of you guys. I'm going to say that the Chargers are able to pull this one off 31-28. to I think the Chargers make an unexpected late defensive stop after they go and get the lead. And I think Justin Herbert picks up his first primetime win and also his first NFL career win in this game. So I think that would change how this season looks a lot with their upcoming schedule, especially with a bye coming up. So hopefully tomorrow we can be back here to recap a really good game for the Chargers and them pulling up a really big time upset. But that is going to do it for today's show. If you guys want to make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and like the Facebook page, Locked on Chargers. If you want to get on the show and get your voices on the show after this game, give us your reaction. The number is 323-524-7924. And with the bye week coming up, we'll definitely have some time to get into voicemails. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribing on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. And it's the fastest and best way to get the show the quickest. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, hopefully talking about a big win. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.